to another edition of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest Bronze Age era comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike L, Kevin Jank. I'm here and I'm chomping at the bit to hear all the the week's worth of research you've done for this episode. I want to see. Jank said, ribbing me right here, because right before we started recording the show, I said I did no research. And now he's all excited <laughs> to point it out. But no, oh. no, no. But like, uh, th- this book was written by, uh, oh, I should say the book we're doing, uh, Marvel Premiere, issue 47, 1979. That's what we're doing mm-hmm. here. And the reason we picked this is because it is the first appearance of Scott Lang as Ant-Man. Yeah, that's right. But not of Scott Lang himself. Yeah, that is correct. He had it. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because there's a big Ant-Man movie out there. Is it out yet? Yes. Uh, actually, the, the preview screenings would be tonight for, you know, right. Quantum Mania. started seven. So normally, if this was back in the day, I would be there instead of doing this show right now. <laughs> but, yeah, you gave up on but, movies. Yeah. Here. I don't really care so much anymore. Now, this Ant-Man and the Wasp, this is the uh, the third film in the series. And this is the second one with Wasp also in the title, mm-hmm. Evangeline Lilly. And uh, this is also the first one where she has a terrible haircut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, it seems like a bad choice. Now, th- this movie features Kang, the Conqueror. And, because when uh, you also, think Ant-Man, you th- always think of his rivalry with Kang. <laughs> Well, oh, wait, you definitely don't. <laughs> well, well, when you think Ant-Man, you don't think of his rivalry with anybody. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, Darren Cross, but they already did that in the first one, I guess. What? What's his rival, a boot? You know, no one cares. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. They definitely seem to have dropped the, uh, I mean, the first two are kind of heist movies, or at least like, the second one was kind of yeah. a heist, more of a chase movie. This one uh, just seems to be a, like a big CGI mess. <laughs> yeah, the first two movies were small scale, yep. little stories. Very low stakes. And they were very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. They weren't like Oscar winners or anything, but they were very enjoyable. <laughs> now, this movie here, I, I've been uh, looking at the reviews of it. It's getting so about, I think it said like 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, I, I saw it was like 58 yesterday, so it's yeah. really <laughs> like a rock. <laughs> and the, from the reviews I've read, I've read a couple. It seems the consensus is everybody, you know, they like Paul Rudd. They like that Jonathan Majors. They say he's uh, awesome as Kang. Everyone likes that guy as Kang. And apparently Michelle Pfeiffer is also very good in this. But uh, hmm. they said the special effects are nice, but it's just too big and too uh, – the story doesn't really do anything. Yeah. It sounds like one of those movies where they don't really give a shit about this movie. They're just trying to set up for future movies. <laughs> it's uh, All this is is just a, like an episode. In a in a story, you know, one series or something, where it's just like this movie on its own doesn't stand up, but maybe later it'll be better. But that's you're asking a lot of people at this point. Like the Marvel movies are going down hard lately. How about you just do a good movie? Plus, I heard yeah. that also like it was a lot more serious. But then since Bob Iger took Disney over again, he had them do a lot of reshoots at the last minute. And guess what? That led led to a tonal mess. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing I heard that uh. <clears throat> too much uh, wacky comedy. Like you th- everything doesn't have to be funny. In one reviewer said, "Yeah, uh, do that." Um, also, uh, everyone seems to be upset about Modok. Yeah, Modok is also in this. And I, I saw <laughs> yeah. 
I wanted to get a, uh, I know, uh, Koi, what, why, why are they mad about Modoc, you know? So I, I, I googled up images of Modoc from the movie. And yeah, I see why. I see why. They're yeah. Mad about Modoc. It looks pretty atrocious. And also I hear it's just a waste of, uh, you could have done something cool with Modoc, but like, I, it sounds like he's probably just a flunky or, you know, fairly a side, uh, side henchman or something where it's like, this is pointless. <laughs> You're wasting a good villain here. For, for those who aren't familiar with Modoc, we talked about him on this show. Uh, he was in the Submariner issue we did about two years ago on the show. You can go through the archives and look for that. But Modoc's basically a big, uh, big head, little itty bitty arms and little bitty legs and like a robotic body, but just a big head floating <laughs> around. And so they did that and it looks pretty cool. Like the outside, it looks pretty good. Like the framework of the head looks good, but then his face is just a dude's face and it looks really uh, weird. <laughs> you guys <laughs> missed the point by a lot. Could have spiced it up a little bit there. It's just a normal dude's face. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's pretty, pretty awful. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so that's the movie that we're honoring with this episode. <laughs> it is a, a cinematic classic. We have to honor it huh. with um, Marvel Premiere issue forty-seven from nineteen seventy-nine. Now you mentioned, uh, well, the creators here are David Michelinie is the writer. And John Byrne is the uh, the penciler, and Bob Layton is on the inks. Oh, and man. we talked about Bob Layton last week here on the show. We've done yeah. uh, talked about Michelinie and John Byrne endlessly on the show in the previous three years. <laughs> so there's really nothing to research with them, and I, I refuse to do it because you know, <laughs> not going to do it again. Yeah. But I will. I, I will I say this: play. I really enjoyed seeing John Byrne with Bob Layton's inks. Yeah, I thought that was a nice and solid. Yeah. Because, you know, you think John Byrne, you think Terry Austin from the old X-Men days. That's what you want. But I thought uh, Leighton really added something to it. It looked, oh, this looks good. Yeah, compared to, like, John Byrne doing Spider-Man in the late 90s, this was incredible. <laughs> so yeah. definitely could have gone worse. I really enjoyed that part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, so you, Scott Lang, the Scott Lang fella, you mentioned earlier this is his first appearance as Ant-Man, but not as Scott Lang because in right. December of 1978 – he appeared in Avengers issue 181 as Scott Lang, security technician. Mm-hmm. Working for the old Tony Stark there. Yeah, we're, yeah, for Tony Stark. And then one month later, in January of 1979, he makes his appearance as Ant-Man. Yeah. So, how about that? <laughs> they really let that one build up. We're going to introduce this character one month earlier than he normally would have. Great. You really <laughs> laid the breadcrumbs there. <laughs> you got to plant that seed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you make him a recurring character for a couple of months before that. No, no, no. Barely here he is on one page of this book. Of course, the first Ant-Man was Hank Pym. And uh, he was one of the original Avengers. People always forget that, but he was one of the originals, you know? Well, he's so tiny that they overlook him. (laughs) In the Wasp. Uh, So Hank Pym, at this point in the comic book, uh, of course, he's Michael Douglas in the movies. Hank Yeah. He's significantly older in, the, in that version. <laughs> they definitely played a lot with the ages on there because really Scott Lang, they they call it Ant-Man and the Wasp and he's, you know, dating the Wasp in there. But this Scott Lang Ant-Man really never had any connection with the Wasp. Like she yeah. was like, a yeah, she was Hank Pym's lady. And then there was a new Wasp who's who is kind of, you know, Hank Pym's daughter, but she's like a teenager. So he ain't hooking up with her. Well, she is going to be stat. Well, at least in the comic books, that's stature, right? Isn't that her name? That is his daughter. Da- that's uh, Scott Lang's daughter. 
Oh, I thought uh, that Hank, you said Hank Pym yeah, as Hank, a daughter. Hank Pym as a daughter from his first marriage, who became like oh. the new wasp in recent years. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I was confused there. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Stature, because she's coming to Marvel Snap soon. That's all I know about her. <laughs> I believe she's in this new movie as well, but I hear she's insufferable. So, sounds like they ruined that character. <laughs> I, I can't remember. Is uh, Evangeline Lilly, is she... Uh, uh, Janet Van Dyne is isn't that the wasp real name? Janet. Mm-hmm. Is that who she plays, or is she playing like the daughter of Janet Van Dyne? I can't He's remember. playing Hope Van Dyne. That's right. Daughter. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Michelle Pfeiffer is Janet Van Dyne. Yeah. Although I'm not sure why then why her name is Hope Van Dyne then when Hank Pym I believe is her actual biological father. So why would she have her mother's last name? Good point. I don't know, forget it. Uh, but anyway, uh, getting back to this uh, Ant-Man character, uh, Hank Pym, the Pym particles, that's what makes him uh, shrink and then grow later on. But at this point in the comic book timeline, Hank Pym is Yellow Jacket. Yeah. His now, most problematic era. <laughs> yeah, explain that to the kids who are not familiar with this problematic era of Hank Pym. Uh, basically, when he became Yellow Jacket, he started having some kind of a mental breakdown, uh, and just started acting crazier and crazier and more off the wall and started getting angry and violent. Was there ever a reason for that? Uh, they did eventually, I forget what the original version of it was. They did later on come up with a, a retcon to try to make it less of his fault. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it something uh, like exposure to chemicals or something? Yeah, that may have, I think that was the original version they went with. Okay. But then it was either, I think it was, uh, it was one event in the 90s. It may have been that Avengers Forever, uh, that we talked about last week, or it may have been the whole Tony Stark going evil thing. But they set up the whole thing where Immortus had been trying to manipulate an Avenger, uh, and, you know, work through their hands. So he started off with Hank Pym, but Hank Pym was fighting him, and that's what kind of led to the whole Yellow Jacket thing, was Hank Pym was trying to fight off Immortus's influence, which is, you know, making him go bad, but he, he was able to fight it off. So then he moved on to Tony Stark, and he did make Tony Stark go evil, and that caused the whole thing, you know, in, like, ninety ninety five where he betrayed the Avengers, and they had to, like, go back in time and recruit a young teenage Tony Stark to replace him as Iron Man, which is a whole weird story. And again, Immortus... That is a Kang? Yep, that's the future version of Kang. Okay, yeah. He's even older and supposedly more wiser. So there you go. There's there's a Kang and Hank Pym. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. That's something. <laughs> Still not Scott Lang, though. <laughs> also, when he was Yellow Jack, it wasn't that when he's smacking around the wasp? Yep, that's yeah. right. <laughs> As part of his breakdown, yeah, he, he beat up his wife pretty good. And I think yeah, they had a whole trial for him. Like I think I don't even think it was like a court trial, more of like an Avengers trial, maybe. It's like we gotta get rid of this guy. But yeah, yeah eventually I... he kinda came back to his senses and tried to mend fences. And I think they they got back together here and there over the years. Yeah, I never read any of that Avengers era. I like the whole Yeah. Me neither. Not really. Yeah. Maybe we should do some of those on the show. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Uh, so what else do we know about this? Uh, now I, I always thought like in the movie, they have them going in the quantum realm and shit. Like, was that ever in the comic books? Uh, I don't believe so. I mean, I know in recent years there's been 
some stuff. I want to say it was more like the microverse rather than a quantum realm. But um, also in the okay, there definitely was a thing after Secret Invasion where uh, I guess kind of like what they did with Wasp in the movies, where it ended with Wasp going so small that they couldn't. They thought she was dead, but it turns out she was in some other realm. So that may have been the quantum realm. Okay. But it's more of a recent invention. It wasn't like something they were doing yeah. in the 60s. So, okay. No, not so much. Because uh, I really don't know a lot about the Ant-Man. Um, <laughs> now, now, in the movies, uh, he has his little outfit, and he pushes a button, and he shrinks. And, like, mm-hmm. he has to be wearing the outfit to shrink, right? It's, isn't it all connected? Well, he's got those little canisters. I guess if you use the canister without it, uh, I, know, I thought they mentioned that in the first movie. There was some reason yeah. for that, but... Like, you could probably know. shrink, but it might kill you, I guess, if you're not wearing the suit. Oh, okay. Yeah, that <laughs> would make sense. Like a compression yeah. suit or something. Uh, b- because in this one, we'll get to it in a bit, but uh, he pushes the button and, like, releases a gas. Yeah. I think that was how it was in the early days, before they officially came up with the PIM particle stuff. It was more just a gas. So would that mean anyone who was standing next to him would also shrink? <laughs> I know. It seems like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or anything around him, like, wouldn't even, I mean, inanimate objects, you don't need to breathe it to get gas on it, right? Like, you think that would mess yeah. with it? Yeah, I was confused by that, so. <laughs> I don't know. All right, I had something else to say about the Ant-Man, but I'm old and I'm forgetful. <laughs> and, I, and I can't remember what it is. So yeah, well, uh, well, Hank Pym was uh, Yellow Jacket at this point, so they yes. needed a new Ant-Man, so that's when and it came he, up and, to Scotland. And he wasn't crazy Yellow Jacket yet. No, like no. He's a normal yellow jacket. Because did you read ahead? Did you read the next issue is? No, I didn't. All right, well, I'll explain it when we get to the end. Because a uh, yellow jacket pops up in that one. Sweet. All right, uh, I think that's everything I, I wanted to say. If not, we'll come back and I'll make a, a note of it. <laughs> but, uh, all right, Jack, so let's look at this Marvel premiere issue 47. Hey, the, the cover. Oh, I know what it was. See, I'm not that old. I remembered. Um <laughs> Stan Lee said that they always had trouble getting Ant-Man over as a hero because mm-hmm. uh, the artists, they would never – he would always try to remind them, hey, you got to put him in, like, uh, show him next to something for scale, you know? Like, draw mm-hmm. Ant-Man next to, like, a matchbox or uh, some car keys or something, you know, make so so people can see how little he is. Because he, he said it basically just turned out like you would just see Ant-Man on a panel with nothing for perspective. So he said, oh, it's just another superhero. But he said – yeah. That's- Makes a lot of sense. Like, he's kind of, you know, going down, uh, like, a vent in this thing where it's like, if you don't know that he's in a vent, it could just be any metal wall. Like, you could yeah. basically be Spider-Man. But, so he yeah. said that was the trouble they always had with uh, conveying Ant-Man in the comics. Uh, readers just would see it, oh, that's just another hero on that panel. But no, no, that's supposed to be a tiny guy. That's <laughs> supposed to be a tiny guy. So I don't know. That was the most fun parts of, like, the first two movies was just him getting small and getting into weird, wacky adventures with being small. How great was that big fight scene in the toy train set in the first movie? Oh, my yeah. God. That was amazing. That yeah. Was awesome. yeah. <laughs> yep. You don't need all the CGI armies. Yeah. So, all right. Like here that. we go. Let's look at this cover here, Jank. Uh, why don't you describe the cover for the people? Okay. So, we got – it's a pretty classic cover. I, I like this one a yeah. lot. Uh, we got a corner box with Ant-Man's, you know, whole body there. He's kind of just out and doing some weird pose. Uh, it says Marvel premiere featuring <laughs> the astonishing Ant-Man. There's a little blurb that says all new. So 
you know, this is, you know, not just a reprint or something. Um, and then we get a shot of a desk. There's a keyboard and some news clippings and a magnifying glass showing that inside the magnifying glass, there's Ant-Man riding on an ant. And then yeah. there's an arrow saying, is this the real Ant-Man or an imposter? But also, Jake, look at the right there. Uh, there's a gun barrel pointed at Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they're going to shoot him through the magnifying glass with the gun. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, that'll magnify the bullets, obviously. That's how that works. <laughs> yeah, this is a great cover because you can, you can also, in the top left, you see the ants running up over the newspaper. And then mm-hmm. uh, he's in one. Yeah, this is a great cover. Yeah, very, very good. That's Bob Layton. Cover. Probably the best known Ant Man cover, I would say. Not that there's a lot to compete with. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. He is a he's got a death grip on that ant's uh, neck there with his legs. Yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> Think that ant's happy about that? I don't know. Probably I not. Know. <laughs> this guy's jumping well, he, against he my head. Keeps his uh, his strength at that size, so that's not going to be fun for that ant. Ant. All right. So then we, uh, but yeah, I do like the cover a lot. So it's pretty cool. And this is 35 cents. 35 cents. Still only 35 cents. Yep. All right. So we open it up. Uh, the all new Ant-Man. And we already mentioned the creators here. Uh, Jim Shooter, editor in chief. Roger Stern is the editor. And, uh, they, they frame this story. So we're opening up at the, at the end, basically. Yep. We're seeing, seeing Ant-Man. He's in a surgical room. Like a high-tech uh, surgical room. There's a body on a table. Uh, they're in the midst of an operation. There's a lady doctor who's uh, yelling something. She's like, hey, stop it, all of you. If this operation is disturbed, my patient could die. But there's Ant-Man in the foreground punching some dudes. Uh, That's right. Yeah, we should uh, say Ant-Man, he's got his silver helmet on, his classic silver helmet with a little antenna and the mouthpiece thing. Like, yeah, it's the classic costume. They haven't updated it at all, really. <laughs> yeah, red, blue underpants, blue gloves, blue boots, and a black like uh, design on the chest and belt. A circle. What is that? It's supposed to indicate an ant? What's the, the deal with that? Uh, maybe. I guess that could be like a thorax or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but uh, what do you think about this costume? It's all right. I mean, it's a good superhero outfit, right? I don't know. It's, it's a classic. I like the helmet. That's always a good yeah. one. Cool thing. I like the little mouthpiece on the helmet. That's always fun. Yeah, why use that mouthpiece there exactly? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I guess that's for the gas. Maybe you're not supposed to actually breathe in the gas. I don't know. I'm very confused. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, he says, or my daughter will die. He says he's got to beat up these people. He's like, hey, he's, sorry, lady, but I plan on doing more than disturb because if your patient lives, my daughter will die. So that's how yeah. you frame a story. Now people are like, oh, my God, I got to see what's happening here. Um, but they, uh, well, I don't know that the, that's actually true from, uh, from what's going on here. Uh, yeah, I don't understand that either. Story. Really? Yeah. He could have just waited, you know, maybe, yeah. Come back for this doctor <laughs> the next day. His daughter is probably going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. The key to the story is he has to get this doctor. Mm-hmm. His doctor is an expert in heart transplants and stuff. And his, uh, his daughter has a heart ailment. Was that this? Did they do that in the movies? No, I know that definitely came back later in the comics, um, but no, they never did that in the in the movies at all. She was she was fine. Why did he have to break into that place in the first movie? I can't even remember. 
Uh, like, he was he was a criminal, right? And they, uh, yeah, it's true. But he was trying to go straight. I can't remember why he actually broke in there. All right, never mind. Watch that sure. movie again. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we see the fight going on between Ant Man and these fellas, and uh, one guy tries hits him in the back of the head with his uh, machine gun there, and then he's gonna conk him on the head, the big heavy box, because you know, if you have a machine gun, you wanna. He's a box as a weapon instead. Yep. And <laughs> just then, Ant-Man presses a little button on his belt, and boom, he shrinks. So the, the one guy cracks the other guy in the chest with the big heavy box. Wah, wah. Guess a good thing he didn't use that machine gun. <laughs> and look, there's uh, Ant-Man. He's, he's he's real tiny, and he's uh, he's running by with his ant buddy, and they're running by the guy's uh, the treads on the guy's shoes. So you can see he's tiny. Yeah, the scale there. Uh, <laughs> but then, Jack, they see other ants uh, climbing up the walls, and uh, what do they do? Uh, he's like, "Well, a bunch of ants thought I recognized that costume. That turkey's the Ant Man. And now <laughs> that we know what we're up against, we can get rid of the little squirt with a big squirt." And he pulls out a hose and oh, he yeah, starts was, spraying them all down. Not his wang. But I also like he says this turkey. That made me think of something. How come there's never been a turkey man? Ooh. I think I just came up with the million dollar idea, turkey man. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> he's at every Thanksgiving, he's like really pissed off. <laughs> I don't know what his abilities would be really, other than uh, tasting delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so they hose down the ants. And uh, Ant-Man there, he's like, oh, good Lord. Thank heavens I have this special helmet with, uh, you know, a plexiglass shield that popped down yeah. from this helmet. I guess that's mind. why. That's what the helmet's yeah. for, the little mouthpiece. Or maybe it's a but speaker, I, like, because he's so tiny. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. That way he can still talk to people when he's itty-bitty. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, we should have, someone should have done more research on this. <laughs> A lot of the science of Ant-Man doesn't seem to quite make sense. Like, he somehow maintains all of his strength, but he's light as air. Like, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so while he's uh, thinking about that, hey, thank God we survived that uh, getting hosed down there, he flashes back to how this all started. Mm-hmm. And now we get the framing device. And uh, we see Scott Lang, he's, he's getting out of prison because he was a burglar, you know? Yeah, and the, and the warden says, hey, Scott Lang, you've been a model prisoner, but then I expected as much. Your genius with electronics sets you above the usual criminal mind. I'll never understand why you got into burglary. And then uh, maybe we should reenact these scenes, you know? Like we should play a part. <laughs> like you could, yeah. You'd be Scott Lang and I'll be the warden. What do you think? And then, so then Scott Lang says, say, it's easier than fixing old Motorola's all day, Motor- or Warden. Because, of course, sitting behind bars is no bag of thrills either. Which is why I'm going straight. I believe you, Scott. That's why I set up a job interview <laughs> for you at Stark International. Good luck. And yeah. there it is. So he leaves prison. And then as soon as he gets out of prison, he meets his daughter wearing a Spider-Man shirt. Yeah. Shirt. And she's like, hey, daddy, daddy. Oh, I, uh, here's a sad note. But he says, gee, have I been away that long? I'd forgotten Raquel Welch was so short. Sadly, she just passed away. Yeah, that's ironic. 
Oh, man. Well, it's kind of like ironic, like I ran, Alanis Moore said ironic. It's not really ironic. <laughs> but uh, yeah. well, reading about this random reference from 1979, <laughs> just at the time. That's, that's coincidental. <laughs> not true. But true. anyway, she says, oh, oh daddy, teehee. She's laughing at the joke. And then we see, uh, I guess that's his wife. Who? Uh, no, who I guess that's his sister, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I was confused. What yeah, happened? Because in the sister? movies, it's his wife and, and his uh the new dad, you know? Yeah, that's a good question because the wife is around later on. So I don't know why the wife wasn't taking care of her at this point. Because I know in like the Ant-Man series in like the 2010s, she was definitely around and didn't want her daughter being a superhero anymore. So, yeah, she was definitely <laughs> alive. <laughs> I'm not sure why she wasn't the one taking care of the kid. Uh, also, uh, this, uh, so I guess this is the sister's husband here, Carl. Yeah. Who's not a big fan of the uh, Scott Lang? Yeah, because he's a con. He's an ex-con, you know? Well, you know, like a criminal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but clearly he's got a, a toupee, right? Look oh, yeah. Hair, look at his hairpiece <laughs> on this guy. <laughs> Shatner-esque. A bird's nest on that guy's head. He's also <laughs> wearing a uh, big turtleneck sweater. It's Carl. <laughs> he's got glasses and a mustache. The whole thing seems like a disguise. Like he's yeah. in a disguise. I don't, know. I don't like this Carl guy. But uh, I have fake yeah, he, mustache. He's not scared to just uh, take shots at Scott Lang here too when they're talking. <laughs> Takes some little digs at him. Yeah, sure. sure we love telling our friends her friends. father was <laughs> yeah the club pro at Rikers Island. <laughs> Carl, calm down. Yeah, it's been out for two seconds. Give him a fucking break, Carl. So, but Scott Lang, he gets that job at Stark Industries. You know. Yeah, he does. He's working with Tony Stark. He's in security. Yeah. But then, uh, Jank, one day, he's out with his daughter, you know? His his bundle of toe-headed love is how they describe her. <laughs> a weird way to describe her. But yeah. what happens? What happens, Jank? Well, she's uh, she's hitting a home run. She's like, Yahoo, it's a home run. Oh, oh. <laughs> and then, hey, Cassie, what's, what's... And then she's basically passing out. Uh, so they take her to the doctor, and it turns out uh, the doctor says, something wrong is evident in these x-rays, Mr. Lang. Part of Cassie's aorta has grown inward, blocking the blood flow with a tissue-thin membrane, one that's inoperable, I'm afraid. That's I mean, these doctors sound pretty lazy. Yeah. I mean, you can at least <laughs> try. They do heart surgery all the time. So, uh, Scott Lang, he asked for advances on, I think if, uh, if he just went to Tony Stark and said, hey, I need help here, you know, probably Tony yeah. Stark would have. Came up with some heart I mean, to help. Yeah, Tony Stark had heart problems because of the shrapnel yeah. in his heart. He couldn't fix this. <laughs> but yeah, I guess he never asked Tony Stark. He just asked for pay advances. And uh, and he said that still wasn't enough to cover all the medical bills. So he's like, yep, yeah, I'm going to have to go back to robbing places. Yep. Uh, that'll be worth it. Just breaking into <laughs> random homes. That'll work out. <laughs> so, exactly. uh. That's the one, though. Yeah. Um, but this is also kind of confusing. Well, not to the confusing part yet. He's, uh, <laughs> he's walking by an old house. But then we see him talking to the doctor, and the doctor says, hey, look at this Time magazine. There's a cover story about this lady doctor who has a, he's an expert in heart transplants or something. And he's like, oh, well, I gotta go talk to that doctor. And, uh, so he goes over to the institute, the Sondheim Institute where she works. But mm-hmm. they're, uh, 
they're moving the institute. They're closing shop. They're packing up and they're moving somewhere. And he's like, hey, what's going on there, fellas? And uh, then he sees someone grabbing that doctor, and they're, they're going to kidnap her. And he's like, hey, I need that lady doctor there to save my daughter. And he punches the guy, block. That's an interesting <laughs> sound effect. B-W-O-K. Block. And uh, but then that, that guy was just a hired thug, you know. But then from outside of a limousine where they're taking the doctor, this big muscle-bound arm sticks out, grabs him, and just throws him across the parking lot. Yeah. Get out of here, buddy. That's pretty impressive. That is one giant arm. And uh, so Scott Lang, he's uh, picking himself off off the ground. He's like, oh, that, that, that hand was as big as the Bronx, but at least they had enough presence to get the limo's license number. Yeah, come on. That's never going to happen. Now, if only my contacts in the Department of Motor Vehicles can come through. How does he have contacts in the I know. Department of Motor Vehicles? He's an ex-con. But context is good. Yeah, the writing in this book is not the best. Not the best. Yeah, it, it's got some flaws, that's for sure. So that, but they needed that. So, so the next panel, he's already tracked him down to uh, cross technological enterprises, and he's standing outside this uh, large uh, factory, which polluting the environment terribly. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's dark smoke. But he says the only way I'm getting in there is by hiring enough muscle to force my way in, and that's going to take big bucks. So Scott, my boy. It looks like we're back to square one. Now, the next panel, it says, and that night, we he, we see him on a wall. And I was like, wait, is he trying to break into the factory now? Uh, no, he's breaking no. into a house. Well, yeah, were, you confused get that the, were you confused at all by this? I was confused by this initially. Uh, no, I, I think I got it. Because I knew what was coming, that he's going to steal the Ant-Man costume from, you know. But that's what I was thinking, is like. Wait, did the Ant-Man's costumes across that technology? What's happening? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he breaks into Hank Pym's house. But it's not even like – when do they hint at that? It's like uh, – they say at some point that a Pym was on the, the door outside the gate or something. Um, yes, yeah, he does mention that once he gets in there, and I think when he sees the costume, he's like, hey, I didn't make the connection before, but the name on the gate, Henry Pym, he used to be Ant-Man, like, no shit, it's not like they didn't know he was Ant-Man, like, I know in the movie he didn't know, because nobody knew his identity wasn't public, and stuff like that, but he knows Henry Pym is Ant-Man, but didn't recognize the name, that's idiotic. (laughs) Yeah, I also would have, like I said, I would have made it a little clearer that he knew... I don't know, but anyway. Uh, so he steals the outfit. He goes home and he puts on the on the little Ant Man costume. And he's like, "All right, now I'm gonna be Ant Man." And he tests it <laughs> out, you know. Oh, he first he calls to the some ants telepathically. He says, "Hey, ants, mm-hmm. come here!" And they all come running in through the window. You might want to check the seal on that window. I had a similar yeah. problem here during the winter. My window wasn't shut properly, and I was just remember I was hanging blankets up over my window. Yep. There could have been ants coming in. Thankfully, they weren't. It was the dead of winter. I fixed the window, by the You're, way. Oh, you did? Yeah, What'd yeah. you do? It wasn't shut properly. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, the window. <laughs> like, it looked like it was shut. It wasn't shut at all. Because like, the way the window is, you can you can slide the top down, you know? But the top, it wasn't all the way pushed up, so the window wasn't locking properly. So I was uh, just having cold air flowing. And I also got some plastic wrap, too, and I sealed that window up as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I was very proud of myself. 
I'm no electronic <laughs> whiz like this Scott Lang guy, no. but I know my way around a hair dryer and plastic wrap. I can seal that window right up. You know, that's, that's what I did. I can close a window. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, just who would have thought shutting the window properly would have fixed the problem. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so there are a bunch of ants now and he shrinks down real little. But all the ants are like, oh, my God, these I like ants the, are huge. Uh, the, the sound effect of him shrinking is just shrink. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, But he's real tiny now. But he's like, hey, these ants are pretty cool. They're like my buddies. So he's like petting them and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been cool with like the like ants just all got, got together and ate them. And then he looks up. So then he gets a flying ant. And yeah, apparently it's named Emma. Yep. Uh, weird name for an ant. But all right. He's like, hey, <laughs> Emma. Naming them all himself. Yeah. So why do you name her Emma? <laughs> Must remind her him of an old girlfriend or something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. He wants to have sex with Emma. Is what <laughs> A lot of junk in the trunk. So, so he shrinks down. Uh, she drops him off outside an air vent, and he climbs in the air vent, and uh, he's bouncing around, you know? We get a shot of him being little and jumping around. And then he's in the, he calls more ant buddies in to join him in the air vent. And, uh, he still always has to ride on one of them. Hey, why can't you walk like the rest of them? You know? Well, he's going down, I think, the grate. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he would just, you know, kind of fall to his death. He's not Spider-Man. He can't <laughs> stick the wall. That's a good point. I was just looking well, up. He does say hands. something about like, I am like, with my reduced weight, I could probably float down on the rising air. Only I don't know if I could control my, and then he kind of cuts off. It's like, so, so somehow he still has the strength of a full-sized man, but he's light, you know, super light. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Don't ever think it. You know, don't ever... <laughs> uh, all right. Now, now, at this point, they're in a shaft, and he sees a little laser thing peek out of the, the vent. Oh, yeah. This is weird. All right. Well, go ahead. Explain it to the people, and then I'll explain it to you. Uh, so there's some kind of a uh, heat-sensitive stun blaster. It must be set to take out escaped lab animals. Good, th- And the ants are kind of stopping instead of running right through the path. Good thing you sensed it, pal. I would probably wouldn't have noticed until it was too late. What? The blaster must have been set on a, on a timer as well. Talk about close. But it's such a weird shot. That, like, you can't even tell what the hell's going on. You're so close in on Ant-Man riding this ant that, like, there's something happening behind him, but it doesn't look like a laser firing to me. Yeah, there's they show like a, a yellow explosion thing off panel, like behind a corner. Yeah, popping out behind him. All right, so what happens here? You know what? We'll save it. We'll save it till the end of the book, and then I'll explain it. Okay. A little teaser. A little teaser. All right. <laughs> so now he gets to the uh, the vent, and he sees these two guys talking. And these guys, even though they work together, they always have to call each other by their first name. As you do when you're wearing masks to hide your identity. That's that's two sugars and one cream, right, Ernie? I'll pick them up on my way back from uh, the operating room. Okay, Mike. I just hope the machine ain't broken like it was the last time. Mike! Because Mike Ant-Man jumps out of the vent and punches Mike in the back and knocks him loopy. Yep. Although he was just trying to land on him and catch a ride. But he didn't realize his own strength and like, oh, shit, that knocked him out. Uh, hey, hey, Mike, what, what gives? Uh, 
Yeah, Ant-Man. I like that shot of Ant-Man running. He's all jacked up running towards yeah. the camera. Um, I also like that he figured out this was the right floor because it smelled medical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when this Scott Lang guy was in the stir, all he was doing was push-ups because he is ripped. <laughs> so That's right. Jacked. Um, now to activate the enlarging gas. That's why he's. Wish I had some of that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to make my big entrance, so he busts into the operating room there, and there's some more thugs with guns watching this lady, this doctor, as she operates, you know, and uh, and he uh, shrinks back down then immediately, right? Yep. Or no, no. Now we cut back. We cut to back the, to the uh, beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's getting. He got washed down the drain. Yeah. Yeah, this is the whole framing thing. So now we're back to where we started. And uh, he and the uh, and the ants, they say, hey, you know what? Let's just climb back up the drain. Let's go. That's how we can get back in the operating room. We'll go through the drains. And uh, that's exactly what they do. And I, I like this shot of him turning big again. And he uh, punches the dude. We see him growing, like in stages. And then wham, double axe yeah. handle under the jaw to this guy. <laughs> it's pretty great. And then he immediately turns little itty bitty again, and he punches a dude in the throat. <laughs> this is pretty good stuff. This ant man. I like it. Yeah, yeah. he's got to be using a lot of that gas though. So then uh, you take us home here, Jack. Because we're, we're right at the end here, I think. So, uh... Uh, so he takes that one guy down, and uh, the other guy's like, "Hey, where'd he go?" And uh, he kind of just goes under the guy's foot, lifts him up, and knocks his ass down. Um. And now, if you'll just come with me, Dr. Steinheim, but, but I have a patient. Look, doctor, I don't know exactly what's going on, but you're obviously being held against your will, and I've got a patient who's much more important than any crooked could be treating here. So, and then a big pink guy gets up off of the uh, the operating table. <laughs> this would be Darren Cross, the guy who uh, runs Cross Technological Industries or whatever it was. Um, and he's like, yeah, I need to... Uh, I need to get a heart operation here, so this doctor ain't going anywhere. And I'll yeah. just have to destroy you. Yeah, he, he's a giant pink guy. I, yep. He's all muscular. His body's all deformed, like muscular and huge. And he's got a big old forehead like Fraser Crane. And uh, Hey, by the way, how, how's the Cheers watching going? You still watching the Cheers? Yeah, still going. I'm in, I'm in strong into the Fraser era right now. All right, that's good. Yeah. Season three. Did you uh, see the one yet where they go they go snipe hunting with Frazier? No. All right, that's a good one coming up. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, so this Darren I'm guessing Cross, this is the guy who uh, you know we saw the, his arm in that limo earlier. Yes. But I don't know why he's pink now, but he was not yeah. pink earlier. He got much pinker <laughs> during the operation. Also, this Darren Cross, he was Yellow Jacket in the first Ant Man movie. That's who yep, that was. That's right. I had no idea. Yeah, because I, I knew that because this character does end up coming back uh, later on. They uh, they thought he was dead, but, you know, he was yep. just in suspended animation. Uh, <laughs> and I believe Dr. Sondheim is back again, and uh, she she takes out Cassie's heart and puts it in this guy. And then the, she gives Cassie another heart. Whoa, that is weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Um, because I don't know if a little itty bitty girl's heart is going to be able to pump enough blood for this massive Hulk. Like yeah. guy. I guess because she had been stature by this point, so you know, she uh, had okay, size okay. changing 
probably had like a size changing heart essentially. So All like, right. oh, this will work perfectly so, for me. That's where this issue ends, and it says next issue: utter destruction as Ant Man versus Man Monster in a battle to determine the price of a heart. All right, so I, I went ahead to that next issue, so I got to see how this ends. Yeah, not not really, but I went anyway. <laughs> and uh, so Ant Man he fights this Darren Cross guy. They uh, Darren Cross beats him up and shit. But uh, at the end of the book, right when they're they're about to fight again, and Darren Cross, it looks like he's going to uh, reign victorious. He collapses and dies. <laughs> and Ant Man says, "Hey, I didn't hit him that hard. What the fuck happened?" And uh, the, do- like, like, the lady I, I says, "The lady says, here's what happened. I uh, when I was doing my uh, heart surgery with him, I swapped out his. Uh, she has to always do these surgeries on him, I guess, because he. I, I forget what the exact story was." But he he tried to do some experiment on himself, and mm-hmm. it made his body get that way and all big, but big and strong. But his he, heart would burn out basically, yeah, exhausted. Right. So every once in a while, he'd have to have these heart transplants. Yeah. So she, instead of giving him a new fresh heart, she gave him an old heart, like one oh, that was, one of his old hearts that was already. Yeah. So he would only so when he exerted himself in the fight with Ant Man, he died. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, makes works. sense. Now that checks out. So, how does Yellow Jacket come in? Well, Yellow Jacket, he was actually in Hank Pym, you know, because he's Hank Pym. He was home mm-hmm. when Scott Lang broke in, but he was in Yellow Jacket form. You know, he's just sitting around his Yellow Jacket at his house, I guess. And uh, so he followed Scott oh, Lang because he he, he, yeah. he wanted to <laughs> see what he was doing with the costume. You know, mm-hmm. so he followed him. And uh, he followed him into Cross Technologies. And when we saw that that laser beam uh, blow up around the corner, it actually hit Yellow Jacket. Oh, shit. And it knocked him out. <laughs> so that's why he said uh, he couldn't help him in his fight against Darren Cross. But he did that's wake up in time to see the end and, and to know that uh, he's, a, he's a true hero. So at the end of the <laughs> next issue, because you know what? You've proven yourself to be a hero. You keep that costume. You're the new Ant Man. Have fun, buddy. And he just leaves. That seems incredibly irresponsible. It really does. <laughs> That's like, man. I mean, I don't even know that he's proven himself to be a true hero. He broke into a private company just to, you know, save his own daughter, basically. Um, that's yeah. not really showing that you're, a, you know, a hero of the people. It's kind of like if uh, your your 12-year-old kid, <clears throat> one day he takes a car for a, a joyride around the block, you know. Then you say, you know what? You did such a good job. You're now a licensed driver. That car is yours. <laughs> yeah, have fun. No. He, there should be training. There should be some licensing involved. There needs to be. Right, if you want lessons. to be a hero, I'll train you or something yes. for a while and see if this works out. Not just, all right, figure it out. We'll send you down to NXT or developmental territory. You can train down there. But no, he says, you know what? You're now eight, man. See you later, buddy. And I guess, uh, I don't know, he's supposed to just have a lifetime supply of pin particles as well. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's that's an interesting, yeah. I don't know how that works. So he's now eight, man. Oh, there it is. Bubble premiere. Uh, what an origin. But yeah, again, yeah. he could have just waited. Like, you know, obviously this doctor is working on Darren Cross all the time, apparently. So it's not like he lets her go afterwards. So I think they could have waited a day and then she could have operated on Cassie as well. 
Yeah, I was kind of confused by it because it, she said she replaced his heart with the old heart or something. But then, so it made me think like she was doing these surgeries all the time. But I guess the way it's set up is this was the first time she operated on because they they had to kidnap her uh, and shut down her clinic. Different doctors each time, maybe. Maybe because I, I was just wondering where she got the old heart, like because then she didn't do anything in the surgery, or I don't know. The Wikipedia yeah. is a little weird, but anyway, hmm. so that's what happens. Uh, Darren Cross, like you said, they do bring him back later on. I did read that, and uh, yep, that was a pretty good story. I liked it. So there it is. Uh, now, do you prefer your Hank Pym or your Scott Lang as Ant Man, uh, or Eric O'Grady? We can't forget Eric O'Grady. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> who that is. I have no idea. Uh, he he sucks. <laughs> he uh, I think he was like a shield agent who basically like they had the Ant Man costume and you know shield lockup or whatever, and he just kind of like stole it. Um, and was pretty much just like he was kind of an antihero almost, but then really just turned full villain at a certain point, and uh, really has remained kind of the the black ant, I believe, is what he's called now. Oh, because he got to be black. Uh, all right, <laughs> he's a villain. Although he's actually a white guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always, always got to make the evil guys black. But basically, uh, he just—I think he went around, you know, kind of spying on ladies in the shower and shit like that. <laughs> so he was not a very good guy, as far as ant people go. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> He's just a perv. Yeah, man powers. That's basically what he was doing with the shrinking abilities. <laughs> but yeah, I think I would take Scott Lang. Uh, maybe it's just uh, the, the Paul Rudd of it. And maybe it's also that I've yeah. read more of his storylines. Uh, whereas Hank Pym just always, I mean, obviously the spousal abuse isn't good. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he invented Ultron, not great. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of baggage with that guy. Yeah, Hank Pym was always kind of a jerk. Uh, yeah, Paul Rudd, we talked about Chris Hemsworth re- revitalizing Thor. Paul Rudd really made Ant-Man something too, you know? Yeah, really uh, did. That could have been such a terrible movie in other people's hands, but yeah, yeah, he's just so likable. And that's kind of what I like about Scott Lang, I think, is he's kind of a lovable loser. Like that, uh, that kind of more recent Ant-Man series that Nick Spencer did was pretty fun. Like he was just kind of, uh, he was recently back from the dead, uh, after the whole, uh, he died during Avengers disassembled and then they, uh, Cassie kind of saved him in this, uh, young Avengers storyline. And so he was back from the dead. And, like, looking for something to do, like, Tony Stark didn't want to hire him, and so he just kind of started his own security business down in, like, Miami, I think. And he ended up working with, like, the Grizzly, <laughs> and uh, the Captain America villain, the Machine Smith, was pretty much just a robot by this point. Uh, and, like, they, they were kind of trying to reform and trying to start their own security company, and he was just kind of like a down-on-his-luck guy trying to get by. And it was it was just kind of fun. I liked it, so I, that's kind of what I, I like I, about it. I think loser. that's the way Ant Man would work best. Is this fun and again small scale stuff, right? Yeah. Um, oh, what was there was like a fun about? moment I remember where uh, he bought, he, like he didn't really have a place to live, so he bought like a toy of like a Stark yeah. apartment, and like he was, was using the couch in that place, and like he was they're watching like TV on his on his phone. They put the phone in the room for like a you know. Because it was a giant, giant screen TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like having your own movie theater. Oh, uh, Hank Pym uh, said he always seems like a jerk. But this Scott Lang in this here issue, this specific issue, I didn't really care for Scott Lang too much. Mm-hmm. Like he, I don't know. I That's don't know fair. what he, he was. It was kind of like he wasn't fun. 
like Paul Rudd, he wasn't laugh. He's kind of like a, a tough guy, but not a tough guy. I don't know. I yeah. I mean, he also, as we mentioned, he didn't really go about it very well. He could have talked to Tony Stark instead of, well, I'm immediately back to Thieven, I guess. Yeah. And I, I again, yeah. him being all jacked up uh, was also weird to me. But anyway. Yeah. And he seemed to be really counting on this. Uh, he's like, I'm going to have to hire a bunch of muscle to get in here. He was really counting on Hank Pym just having shitloads of cash lying about. Yeah, and again, he didn't. He didn't even make the connection that Hank Pym was Ant-Man or anything. Yeah. So he just assumed the house with a lot of rich people here. So, yeah, he could have left there with, like, a toaster and a TV set. That could have been all he had. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I did, like, the writing wasn't so good. Uh, a lot of uh, awkward dialogue and uh, exposition and stuff. The framing yeah. device was pretty good. You know, that's that always works. You know, the old framing device. Sure, to kind of come into the action parts and then go yeah. back to tell. So oh, yeah. I like, so I like that structure, but the uh, the actual writing though, eh, the dialogue and stuff, eh, not so good. Uh, the art, I like the art a lot. Mm-hmm. That was good. Uh, the John Byrne, Bob Layton pairing was nice. So I, I don't know. I guess it was interesting seeing the origins of Ant Man. I like some of the action scenes, but uh, I'll go six out of ten. I think six out of yeah. ten. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I might go seven. That's uh, a nice I think cover. Yeah, yeah I think it is a cool origin story. I, it's kind of unique. I like it. Um, yeah. You know what? Seven's not all too around. many heroes who get their uh, <laughs> powers by just stealing them from a superhero, and then that yep. superhero letting them keep it. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I just wish it wasn't so clunky. You know, like the yeah. the, the theft in the the house and everything. But um, but even the stuff with Darren Cross and and the hearts and stuff. That's it's unique. It's it's cool setup for for villainy. I like it. And, it. and it is a great cover. So yeah, two sevens, sevens and seven. Yeah, we'll go with two yeah. sevens. All right. So Jack, that's uh, Scott Lang's origin. Now next week we're going to be doing uh, Modok's origin, or what are we doing next week? <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't really have anything to tie into uh, <laughs> to Modok or anything like that, but maybe someday. Uh, I was going to go with a uh, something that, you know, is up your alley, because I know you like two things you enjoy are scantily clad ladies yes. and monkeys. <laughs> yes. This is going to be awesome. So I'm going to go with 1972's Shanna the She-Devil, nice. number four, where she encounters the mutant Mandrill. <laughs> yeah, he's basically a baboon. Yeah. Yeah. I had Shannon on my list as well of books to do coming up, so uh, not to be confused with Sheena, Tanya yeah. Roberts. <laughs> yeah, they're not Shana. too dissimilar, but <laughs> a lot of similarities between those two characters, but yeah. So issue four of Shauna from 19... I'm excited about this. Uh, good job. Should be fun. All right, so until next week, don't get any jank on you. <laughs>